to the Web3 Prof Podcast. Good morning and good afternoon, everyone. I am here with Adam Trexler, who is the president and founder of Valorum. Adam, thanks for being with me here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, Adam, we're going to jump right into things here. So, Valorum, is you have something super interesting to talk about today, something that until I had uh, connected with you, I had never heard of before. So, um, let's hear a little bit. How, do, how did you get into crypto and, and what is Valorum? Great. So, I've been in, interested in monetary innovation since... 2000. Um, I was going to school. I'm American. Uh, I was going to school in the UK. And I just got interested in this fundamental historical question of what is money? Why do people value money? Mm. What do people think money is? Not what does a Fed think money is, but what do people think money is? And how has that changed over time? I did a lot of historical research on that for my PhD. And so I was just just fascinated by the space. And the the simple answer is money has changed very radically, much more quickly than we think. And I mean, over the course of 100, 200 years. Uh, so in about 2011, I found out about a technology that would let uh, appreciable but relatively micro amounts of gold be deposited onto a bill form factor. And I realized that this was going to change monetary history because this was the new coin. Mm. And I don't mean coin in the, the crypto sense of a, a token. And I don't mean it in the sense of uh, the slag that you get in your pocket now. What I mean is money that has an appreciable value of uh, precious metal uh, that makes it worthwhile. And so that technology, uh, I founded Valorum on and we've gone a long way from there. So what, what, um, how did you hear about this technology? Is it something that, that you've licensed or that someone owns or, or did you create this? Yeah. So the, uh, original technology was created by two serial entrepreneurs. Um, and they, uh, were actually coding engineers uh, they invented blue blocker sunglasses, uh, the, the original sunglasses that filter out blue light. They've done another, a bunch of other technologies for NASA, things like that. Uh, I learned about it from them. We licensed that technology and then have built on it for like seven years from 2012 to 2019, both with them and, and in our, our, our own labs, um, and then have continued to build from there. So when we started, the technology was very expensive. It was, it's a nanotechnology where we're depositing gold atom by atom onto a thin film. So it was like $30 to deposit $2 worth of gold. Mm. Not a fantastic value proposition. <laughs> uh, and, you know, every year we were about able to cut it by half. Um, so we've had this kind of exponential cost curve mm. with the technology where now uh, one of our customers is marketing a $4 nanotechnology product. Okay. Um, so that's extraordinary. So, right? so that means it costs $4 to put $30 worth of gold. Into oh, no, that. no. Sorry that you're flipping it, but it's like, uh, we, we have some of our products where we're at 30%, 40% to the consumer of the gold cost. Okay. Um, so going from, you know, 30,000% to 30% was a total transformation. Yes. Yeah. But more importantly, you know, other features, uh, better security features and really turning this into uh, something 
approaching a uh, 21st century banknote in terms of security features, but with intrinsic value. So why is this better than just a gold coin? Great. So a gold coin is, you know, the, the standard in the, you know, sort of North American world is the ounce, mm -hmm. uh, about $2,100. Um, I can also go on Alibaba and buy one that looks very similar for five. Okay. So there's a huge counterfeiting problem and gold doesn't anymore trade peer to peer. It only trades peer to dealer. Right. Uh, we've seen this in crypto. It's the same problem. How do you have peer-to-peer -peer transactions? You need a higher trust level. So that's why we are building a platform that allows for 21st century security features to be built into the precious metal. That's number one. Number two is having the units that people actually want. Right. Smaller denominations. Smaller denominations. Yeah. Because I can't take my ounce gold coin and shave off a little piece to buy a can of Coke. Probably people aren't going to appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's back up to um, to maybe maybe the history of money. Why do we need, why aren't dollars good enough? Why can't we just use the current financial system that we have? Oh, we do. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I, I bought uh, a coffee this morning with Canadian dollars, right? Uh, we do, we will, we will, we will continue to. What's happening, I think, uh, and this is not a simple answer, is money is becoming more fragmented again. We had this period of monetary consolidation where the US dollar was, you know, kind of supreme. And we also had a consolidation of monetary technologies. Uh, so the bill has been very good, uh, you know, the paper bill, although it's been innovated the whole time. Um, there is a consolidation of you know how people paid with banks and then it's breaking apart so literally trillions of dollars have gone into making better media of exchange and now there's huge innovation in how is value stored and part of that is bitcoin part of that's precious metals and these are trillion dollar problems um, so what we're seeing is an explosion of new technologies uh, but there will again be a consolidation. And it's not a consolidation by force, it's a consolidation because we'll start to choose which technologies do we want. Um, is, this a, is this then a question of trust? Is this because people are no longer trusting the US dollar and they're moving to maybe other currencies or maybe to precious metals? I think trust is a component. And, and always with money, trust is, is crucial. How do I know that I really have the value? That's like the fundamental problem. Uh, the other thing is utility. So, uh, I, you know, a, 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 someone on our board of advisors, former director of the U.S. Mint, Ed Moy, uh, he says, uh, we don't just drop previous monetary technologies. So I still use checks. I still use ACH transfers. I make wires for my business. Mm -hmm. uh, I occasionally pay with cash. I have a Visa card. I have my phone. All of these have a utility. At a certain point, we get saturated. But for the correct use case, there's different monetary technologies. And so what we need to understand is what is that complicated space and how do people fit into it? Right. Okay. And what are your thoughts uh, in relation to the technology that you're developing uh, related to inflation? Because that's certainly been a, a big, a big deal, uh, you know, 
certainly in developing countries in a massive right. way and uh, in a pretty big way in the countries that we live in as well. Yeah. So inflation is a huge problem for individuals. It's really important to central banks. So all fiat basically right now is managed to have a certain level of inflation. So you need to understand that first. You know, the, the targets are typically 2%. That means that if you're taking out paper money, you're paying 2% a year for the privilege of doing so. Best case, you're probably also paying a transaction fee. Uh, but obviously that inflation can get out of hand. And uh, you see in places, you know, 10%, 50%, 100% inflation, sometimes hyperinflation. Uh, this is not a joke. This is like devastating to people's entire lives. You work your whole life to try to develop some kind of security and it can be wiped out. And it's very hard to diversify out of your national economy. Mm. It's very hard. So how do you hold wealth? Uh, you want something that has an international standard and the less sophisticated you are, uh, the more important that is, right? So uh, precious metals are really cool. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not a gold or Bitcoin guy. I'm gonna explain how deeply I am and I'm, I'm interested in Bitcoin. Uh, but gold is really cool because you can have something physically in your pocket that its value is established by a market in London with hundreds of billions of dollars of liquidity every day. It's extraordinary. Mm. I can be uh, uh, on a mountain, you know, in, in Peru. I can be in a factory in China. I, I can be anywhere in the world. And the value of the coin in my pocket is, is changing and is very difficult to manipulate long term. Mm. Uh, Bitcoin is doing something very similar and very interesting. Uh, but it obviously has a lot more volatility right now. And that's exciting for people who want to speculate. And it's uh, a risk as well, depending on how sure you are about when you're going to want to withdraw. Mm. And, and a risk if you're going to hold it as a transactable currency. If you live in El Salvador and you're going to hold Bitcoin um, because you're a coffee shop owner and it's volatile, all of a sudden, you know, if it drops, you're like, I guess I shouldn't have I guess I shouldn't have accepted Bitcoin. <laughs> or if it goes up, you're like, I'm sure glad I accepted Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sell coffee and become a millionaire, right? <laughs> so, you know, I mean, this, this is the opportunity and, and, and difficulty of an early standard. And, um, you know, there's two separate things. I think that the, the fundamental transactability of, of Bitcoin, the peer-to-peer -peer opportunity, right, that I could uh, transfer $10 million to you or, or hopefully you transfer it to me. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> peer-to-peer, -peer, without the intermediary of a bank, uh, for basically no transaction cost, this is an extraordinary idea. It's so profound. Uh, there's a separate, a separate problem that obviously people are trying to address in all kinds of ways, which is what underlying store of value should we use? Should it be Bitcoin? Should it be uh, physical assets put on the blockchain? Uh, there's a lot of people, uh, Kinesis is one of our partners, uh, putting uh, gold onto the blockchain so you can uh, actually exchange it, you know, have that same level of exchangeability, but you have, uh, you know, that physical asset backing it. There's all sorts of ways to, you know, obviously like something like, uh, uh, you know, stable coins. Mm. Um, there, there's tons of ways to do this. Uh, we need to distinguish those two functions of money and which, which what tokens trying to do. Can you show us some of the things that you uh, that you've brought with us and, exp and explain what we have here? Yeah, sure. Um, so the first thing is, you know, 
a, a version of one of our products. I'll look over there. There you go. <laughs> uh, so this is 100 milligrams of gold. Uh, it's about $6 US, uh, $8 Canadian melt value. Obviously, uh, there's a premium on that. So anytime you're delivering gold out of the kind of banking system, you're going to pay something for that. Uh, but the, the idea is to have gold in a physical value, not at $2,100, but at a, uh, an, an appreciably small amount uh, that most anyone can afford. You can invest in, you can uh, basically, you know, take one of your thousand and get rid of it or, or yeah. 12 or 14 or whatever you want to do. Um, and it also has uh, pretty deep security features built into it. And we're delivering that for like less than a meal at a, a restaurant these days. So this actually has gold in it and yeah, I could melt this down. Absolutely. We and do it every day uh, and, it, and we have third party assays as well. Nobody uh, that I know of on the planet is doing this except us. So um, really, yeah, interesting. So we uh, we sell millions of bills a year. We're doubling every year. We have a, a high tech facility in Oregon where we're manufacturing these. And so this is sorry, this is twenty four karat gold. But how much gold is in this again? A hundred milligrams, so a tenth of a gram. A hundred milligram. Okay. Um, why not? Are you not measuring it in ounces? Uh, we have ounce-based products, too. Okay. Is so, this, like, for the rest of the world outside of America? Uh, some people prefer grams. Some people prefer animals. That, or, or, uh, un, uh, ounces. Yeah, ounces. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one is actually called our North American Animal Series, so it is for uh, North America. Um, because there's a wolf on it? Yeah, there's a wolf, and then the other parts of the series have, like, a, a bison and a, it looks a so cougar cool. and stuff. Like it looks so cool. Well, thank you, yeah. <laughs> I love the design. Yeah, so, um, you know, this is just one of our, you know, we have a couple hundred SKUs, but... Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so um, that's that's this first. Are these other ones that you have different? Yeah, so that I'm going to show you some really different things. So one of the things I'm most proud of is as a company and as a technology... Uh, we've gone from something that was a rank invention to literal money accepted by governments in seven governments. So uh, this is uh, from the uh, Bank of Ghana um, and the, the Republic of Ghana. Uh, this is technically a legal tender coin oh, wow. in Ghana. Okay. Um, and we, you know, th this has a CD value and a gold value. Um, so we've made a number of these for different uh countries were technically a private mint okay um so what is we, sorry what is cd cd is a, a c-e-d-i it actually oh. means shell uh originally there was shell money right it, it actually supported huge trade routes yeah uh their currency is called the cd oh i see yeah got it okay so and then there's a value of gold in this as yeah, well that's actually a thousandth of an ounce we, we were just talking about standards so that's a thousandth of an ounce okay this is actually a specimen piece uh, but yeah, we make them and, and, uh, do that. So, okay. Fascinating. So that's, so that's number two. And there's a few countries that have something similar. Uh, yeah, yeah. Pr produced by us. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Um, and, and this illustrates, you know, you can have, uh, what I would say is a private value. Right. In the precious metal. You can also have public value and they can meld. And this has happened for 2,500 years. Uh, the question is, how is that put together? You know, I know you probably have a bunch of uh, listeners. I'm very concerned about CBDCs. That's that's a real concern. But there's 
there's ways that public and private, I think, can work together well, mm -hmm. and ways that they can work together disastrously. Yeah. yeah. So, the, so the government can't isn't tracking uh, this in the sense that uh, this this is censorship resistant. In no, no. Th this is a. Uh, in fact, this this allows you to hold value and know that it's. Uh, has the security of a government issued right but okay. it, it has the intrinsic gold in it yeah there's no way to track it yeah okay if i give that to you nobody knows right except we just recorded it and and i guess <laughs> yes and i guess that um I, I i would imagine one of the challenges is going to be is like how does the um the the guy at the corner store selling coca-cola how does he know the value of this as he has to pull out a calculator and be like okay this is one one thousandth of an ounce of gold and and kind of work that out yeah well it's it's always a market function yeah and markets are composed of individuals. So that's the first thing to say, right? So what is something worth, you know, whatever we decide. Exactly. Um, what's really interesting, and this is not Valorum, this is a separate company called Goldback, is they're creating a grassroots movement in the United States where people can actually go to uh, stores or work with other vendors and spend gold mm. using our products. So they, they have a particular product called the Goldback manufactured by Valorum. And, you know, they have hundreds and hundreds of retailers where you can go buy groceries. Uh, I went to Utah on a breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oh, wow. Spending gold that our facility made. Yeah. It's extraordinary. Okay. So. So let's um, tie this into, into crypto. What does this uh, all yeah. have to do with crypto? Great. Well, two things. First of all, uh, what I, I want to get the, I, this idea across of uh, monetary divergence. Mm-hmm. And precious metals is a part of that. Crypto is a part of that, whether you're facilitating exchange or creating a standard. The other thing is uh, I was fascinated by, by crypto, fascinated by Bitcoin. And we kept getting people saying, hey, can you make a gold note uh, with a bit of crypto on it? Mm -hmm. And that way somebody can buy gold and crypto at the same time. I did it for one company just because I was kind of curious and I was mm -hmm. like, yeah, let's check this out. This is probably in 2016. Okay. So it was pretty uh, early pretty on. Pretty early on, yeah. pretty early on. And I had been following Bitcoin like from the beginning. Mm. And I thought, honestly, I don't think this is a very good product. Didn't do very well. You know, uh, yeah. I was like, if you want gold, buy gold. If you want crypto, mm -hmm. buy crypto. Uh, but what I started thinking about was there's going to be need to be a media of physical exchange between people in, for the same reasons that the paper money supply is actually growing. Mm -hmm. So paper money transactions going down. You probably didn't buy your coffee today with paper mm -hmm. or, or polymer notes, but the supply is going up. Yeah. Why is that? Because people want to hold physical value. Same thing is true of Bitcoin. So I said, but wait, we have all this technology for banknotes. We have all this technology for metal. And so what... Uh, I, I actually invented was uh, this, we call it a key bill, and it is a metallic note, very similar to the, the gold bills, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, uh, public key on the front, right there, right? Mm -hmm. Private key encased completely in metal, acting as a Faraday cage, so you can't read through it, mm -hmm. excuse me. <coughs> Sorry for your ears. No worries. Uh, so, private key between layers of metal. And to access that private key, you have to actually peel it open, tear apart the metal, break it apart, uh, which, is, which is relatively easy to do because it's a thin coating, uh, and access the key, but you cannot put that back together. 
So it's a, a deeply tamper-resistant bill uh, to hold a private key. The, the way to think about it is this is a, a 21st century cold storage wallet um, that can be exchanged peer-to-peer. -peer. Mm. So that became very interesting to me. Uh, we've been awarded two U.S. patents on it, international patents pending, and a lot more IP under the surface. So that's like the tip of the iceberg of what we're building around that bill. So, so in this bill, yes. Um, where do you actually break it? So what you do is, this is what we would call a laminate. Uh -huh. There's actually like six layers in that bill of, of yeah. metal and ink and polymer. There's uh, two layers of polymer in that bill. There's several layers of metal in that bill. Uh, there's different layers of ink. There's three different layers of ink. Wow. Um, so all of that is a, a, a laminate. Uh, think of it, you know, like a, a big sandwich, a big yeah. club, club sandwich. Um, in the center of that is printed a private key, yeah. which you can't access in any way. Yeah. And then uh, until you peel it apart at the corners. Oh, the corners. Okay. Yeah. So you would peel it apart yeah. and uh, break it open and and then you have it. And see, what I want to show is this kind of mirror-like surface yeah. completely fragments. And what we're able to do with this is we have this three-dimensionally kind of, it looks printed, but three-dimensionally structured yeah. metal. Yeah. The, the finished key bills will have the same thing. This is a, another patent, uh, patented security feature. So the entire atomic structure of the metal breaks apart. There's no way to put that back together. Right. So and so, how yeah. do I know also um, that this is not um, that that someone didn't fraudulently create this? Great question. Can I yeah. can I check its authenticity? Yeah, yeah. So in all the ways that this is, this is a prototype, in all the ways that we have like you know seven security features that are government level uh, security features for our gold, mm -hmm. uh, even more for the key bill. Okay. So. The same authentication, you know, you'd look at a uh, 100 Canadian and you go, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. It, same thing with this. Okay. This is a prototype, but same thing. And and are there, so this is 10,000 Satoshis, which is yeah. about $40 um, currently. Yeah. Um, are there different denominations? There will be. And so currently this is not in the market? This is not in the market. Okay. Yet. And when's that happening? Hopefully this year. 2024. Uh, yeah. And so then the idea is I would just... You know, I want to buy something from you. I just give you a couple of these as payment for whatever I'm buying from you. Exactly. Or you hold. So, you know, one of the things we've seen, if you've been following this story for a while, and I know you have, we've seen several iterations of crises in the Bitcoin space because people don't hold their own keys. Right. Right. So uh, I remember Mt. Gox, mm -hmm. you know, and now we've gone through this with FTX. Mm -hmm. And every time it's like a surprise that there's fraud. Uh, you need to hold your own keys. For people who are not sophisticated, the best way to hold their own keys is to have something physical. Right. Right. So this becomes a way for somebody to hold Bitcoin very simply. My uh, sort of test subject was my, my own father, who I love very much. He would easily put ten, twenty thousand $20,000 into Bitcoin mm -hmm. by his own admission. Yeah. Uh, he's not going to create a wallet. Right. He's just not going to do it. <laughs> I, I, he, he, he would, but he's like, yeah, 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 I'll get through that. Yeah. You know, he, 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 just, he just never did. 
And so, uh, but he would have bought this in a heartbeat. I think that, I mean, that's a huge challenge, right? I mean, a big story in Vancouver was Quadriga CX, which was um, a fraudulent exchange in, similar to the other right. ones. And um, it was headquartered here and a lot of, and the guy like is like, you know, potentially faked his own death and, and things like that. And hundreds right. of millions of dollars have disappeared. This is a few years ago um, around the Mount, Mount Gox time. And, and, uh, and, and then, yeah, we get into FTX and we're in the same situation again, where people aren't holding their keys. And, and I guess a lot of it is because people do for some reason, trust centralized authorities, even though the whole ethos of Bitcoin is to not do that. And then also, um, you know, there's a level of apathy and uh, a level of uh, it, the user experience is just terrible. Seed phrases are super frustrating right. if you're not kind of into it right right, right. you got to be into it to want to do this and so many people are like yeah what like your dad yeah, yeah, yeah. not really like i don't really want to have bitcoin that much and so uh, we run into these situations so is the idea that you have larger denominations as well that you would hold maybe um uh you know in your kind of personal bank or, or you know your own vault or something like that you know that's really interesting i don't think it goes that way okay because uh we know what the best denominations are right uh it's it's really about one to a hundred or two hundred dollars okay um the nice thing about a bill is you can stack it right right nobody's ever uh, you have to get into really large numbers of money yeah. where uh, a, a briefcase of cash is is too little right <laughs> not not something we encounter every day and the, yeah. the the joke behind that is uh we just you know we need everyday units Right. I don't need a hundred thousand dollar bill. Yeah. Okay. I need, uh, you know, one to a hundred and then we're good. And, and this has been proved. There's, you know, a couple hundred countries that have currency and it's, it's really in a very tight range. And I, uh, you know, I know some very wealthy people and nobody sniffs at a hundred dollar bill. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's a correct unit for what you want to do. Right. And you just get more. And so, um, if I were to, when these are available, go onto your website and, and buy a few, yep. uh, am I, how much is 10,000 Satoshi's gonna cost me? Is there a premium uh, and then shipping and things like that? Yeah, so we're looking at a, a few different methods of distribution and it, it's gonna be a market, right? Uh, and you always pay a premium, mm -hmm. right? Uh, that's how we're able to manufacture this, you know, yeah. 21st century technology, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Um, yeah, so we'll just see what the market says. Um, I think it'll be very competitive with, uh, you know, ATMs and mm -hmm. other methods of doing things. You know, obviously there's a, a cost of having something physical. Sure. The other thing is, and, and this is a really important idea that I, I, I try to talk about anytime I, I do something like this, is there's premium and then there's spread. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's let's make a, a ridiculous example. Let's say I have $10 worth of Bitcoin but the bill costs $100. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh my God, how did I pay $90 for this bill? We're not going to charge $90. Yeah. But just to make it ridiculous, if you can then hand it to me and say, or you know, to the fellow out there and say, you know, will you take $100 for this? Because it has that Bitcoin plus the premium. Yeah. That's fine. What you don't want is uh, you buy it for $100 and then have to spend it for $10. Right. Right. So there's premium and spread. Yeah. And we think these will trade above the uh, base price of the Bitcoin, as long as you don't break it open. But if you do break it open, you can put it back into a digital wallet, move it around that way, and that's also good. Okay, oh, that's interesting. So, yeah, because, so when we trade gold coins, is, is that the same, is that the it's same It's basically thing? the same principle, and there's a crisis in the coin industry, 
And that crisis in the coin industry is around, look, you have a 2,500 year old technology. Uh, it's basically uh, beaten down to commodity value in terms of stamping coins, right? Mm. So uh, people have been obsessed with premium. How do I get the lowest premium possible? But most of that premium isn't held when you go to sell. So what's interesting about Valorum is we're creating products that are good enough, are uh, have a, a good enough authenticity features, have added utility, so that that premium is protected in the spread. Mm. And that's that's a big part of what we're trying to do, is uh, offer something that actually is of value and makes the monetary standard or the value standard, whichever you choose there, uh, better because it's in this form. Uh, how do you at Valorum deal with uh, regulators or regulations? Very carefully. <laughs> <laughs> Are you walking a fine line? Uh, I, 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 th I hope we're walking a thoughtful line. Right. Um, you know, I think I, I was thinking about this before. I mean, I think the fact that we produce, you know, currency for countries shows exactly what we're trying to do, which is that we're trying to be the most above board we possibly could be. Um, we're in a new space and that's always a little bit interesting. And I think that one of the best ways to approach that is think about what's come before them. I try to be a student of history, you know, and it took me a couple of years to understand actually what we are as a private mint. Mm. We're a private mint that can serve governments. We're a private mint that uh, can uh, sell things to uh, the public, you know, via retailers. Um, but, but, you know, that's kind of the lane that we're in. Um, and, and I think that there's a real tension between we all want to just live our lives and we also want a certain amount of safety. And I think as a society, we're trying to figure out where that is in this kind of interesting financial moment that's actually quite complex. And, and most people I know who are interested in precious metals or Bitcoin or, you know, or uh, a blockchain they're really interested in a new kind of safety. Mm. They're interested in a new kind of security. I feel that very personally myself. And regulators are also interested in the same thing from a very different point of view. How do we create the as, as much security and safety and transparency as we can uh, for our public, for our users? And, and that's, that's how we're trying to approach it. So how does the government view this? Because it seems fairly disruptive. Mm. It is uh, to, to, to government. It certainly has this element of censorship resistance, which I think is the opposite direction in which governments are going related, as you mentioned earlier, to CBDCs. You know, like, what does Elizabeth Warren think of this? I guess that's really the question. Like, what is Elizabeth Warren going to say when this becomes popular enough that she's like... I hate Bitcoin and this whole thing that you guys are doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't had the good fortune to sit down with right. uh, Senator Warren and, and, and hash it out with her yet. But, but we may the, day, get, the day will we, come. We may get there. We may get there. Uh, you know, look, uh, private minting is, is well established in the United States. Uh, we have, I believe, the best product in private minting. Uh, but the, the, you know, the conceptual having a coin well-established. When you say ha private minting is well-established, do you mean people minting gold coins? Uh, gold and silver, uh, now we're getting technical, but rounds, yes. The, okay. the, the way, 
functionally the thing you look at and you say that's a coin. Okay. Now, what you can't do is you can't say this is a dollar. Right. And what you can't do is you can't say this is legal tender yeah. or you're compelled to, to of course not. Yeah. Right. That would be a misrepresentation and a fraud. So we want people to understand under what law are they buying this? Whose law? What does it mean? Um, you know, actually precious metal space is under some really interesting regulatory changes. Uh, but we just want to be transparent about that and then let the public understand what they may or may not be choosing to buy. Okay. And have you had, um, interest from, or, or do you see, uh, a future in Argentina or El Salvador where we see kind of progressive Bitcoin economies happening right now, at least it seems to be happening in, in, uh, in Argentina and certainly in El Salvador. Absolutely. So I think that the, the most important place we can be is where is the, where there is the most monetary crisis. Right. And it is hard for a technology company to reach those places, especially with a physical product, but that's what we're really working on. You know, how do we bring access to people? Um, you know, I think one of the challenges of a place like El Salvador or Argentina is exactly this level of sophistication, right? How do you make it easier and easier? And there are people doing phenomenal work making uh, wallets, et cetera, available, you know, on phones. And, mm -hmm. uh, but also, how do you have a, a, a physical component of that? And we want to be a part of that conversation. We are innovators creating products for specific markets that let people hold value physically. That's a human need. It's not going anywhere. And it's only more critical now uh, when you see these uh, in inflationary regimes where people are, are, are deeply suffering. Yeah. What are your personal um, economic views? Are you, do you identify as a libertarian? Are you in interested in Austrian school of economics? Uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm very interested in it. And uh, I hope I'm a thinker, right? Uh, I hope that, uh, you know, I, I don't think that uh, Austrian ec uh, economists exactly predicted Bitcoin. I don't think they exactly predicted a world where you could buy gold and, and in this form and money and gold is $2,000. We need to take these lessons and and think about a genuinely new moment and um you know I, I i've read a lot of uh history of economic ideas and it it all has relevance but but it's all different right okay yeah. do you think like some of these austrian econo economists hayek and van mises and I don't know, Adam Smith, do you think they're going to look at this and be like, wow, this is this is so much greater than I thought it would ever be when they look at these types of products or Bitcoin? Or do you think they're sitting there thinking, ah, I don't know, that's not going far enough? <laughs> I don't think that Adam Smith could have anticipated the complexity of a world that we are in today. Uh -huh. It's just so crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, he would have looked at the Orem and been like, well, of course there's coin that's made out of gold. Yeah. What, what are you talking about? What he wouldn't understand is, uh, you know, a, a 200 plus nation world right. where you have in, in, insanely complicated managed economies and, and, and semi-managed economies and, and managed money, monetary systems, all interacting with each other and people trying to navigate that on a daily basis. Mm. He wouldn't have understood a global economy 
where uh, even if you're trying to make something in the United States, you depend on suppliers from all over the world. He wouldn't have really had the tools to think about it that he wouldn't have thought about all the different payment rail systems and all of the stakeholders that are involved in that and who can and can't get cut off it's so much more complicated than Mm. than 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 they understood and it's because people are either trying to add value or extract value right sometimes both and uh (laughs) and you know so we need to understand what those components are and and uh look there's there's interested parties and so we just as individuals as a a member of the public as as uh political uh citizens we need to think about what kind of world do we want to be in what are some of the biggest challenges that um that you are facing both with your bitcoin related product and your gold related product it's all scaling you know we're taking a nanotechnology where we're depositing atoms of gold uh it's a very challenging process. Um, and, you know, we've been able to double our capacity every year, and it's hard every time. Um, so making our products better, making it scale is, is, is really tough. Mm-hmm. Bringing it out at a affordable value is really tough. Um, I'm having the time of my life doing it. It's, <laughs> it's freaking awesome. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so that, that's one problem. The other problem we have is I have 10 billion and hundred billion dollar projects that I want to do. There is not the capacity in the world to make the physical products for that project. Capacity so, in a sense, like there's not enough gold or no, no, no. We, oh, there's plenty of gold. There's more gold than there is paper us dollars. There's uh, $3 trillion worth of physical gold. We can convert all of it to Orem. I'm going to be delighted to. <laughs> uh, I think we will perp- uh, change a sizable proportion of that. But we can't do it today because we need the machines. We need the, you know, so right. uh, what our hardest problem is not actually demand and it's not actually supply. It's continuing to scale that matching equation between supply and demand hmm. and, and creating projects that hit the right note yeah hit the hit the exact point we are because unlike uh you know bitcoin developers we actually have to make the damn things right <laughs> <laughs> and i'm going to tell you uh there are real challenges when you start going well how do we physically l- handle 10 million bills right how do we cut 10 million bills the, how do you keep them secure how do you keep them secure how do you move them through a facility how do you have quality assurance. Uh, yeah. What what is the right scale of our next machine to be putting this gold or copper or aluminum onto bills? Uh, all of these are scalable problems, but they're very uh, technically complex, and we need to match it to the how quickly we allow publics to buy this. That's the, my that's my hardest problem. I mean, geez, you've taken on. <laughs> 
you got you got issues of supply and demand you got issues around you know like creating this thing and trying to get people interested in it and marketing it and kind of nearly you know revolutionizing the system that we understand i, I guess at the bottom line that's really what you're looking to do you're, you're trying to change the way that we look at both gold and and bitcoin and maybe revolutionizing the way that we transact these assets am, am i right in saying that i think you're right it seems like that's what that's, that's what's happening and I, I wish you well that is an undertaking <laughs> <laughs> thank you i mean if you think about it from a pure economic standpoint um obviously you know we talk a lot about in the in the crypto space you know fiat currency uh we ultimately make a physical thing at valorum the value of paper money and gold combined it's the world's greatest product of all time mm. i mean if you think about you know there's cars there's computers but in terms of value physical currency is this extraordinary space mm. and we are aiming to disrupt it in a, a very careful thoughtful way wow that's fascinating okay what do you want to leave us with what are what are what are some like key principles or ideas or problems that you're that you want to address? Uh, you know, I would say two. The first is we all believe in value. You know, we all, and what I mean by that is we're all looking for value. Humans are value-seeking machines, right? What do I care about? What do I want to hold? We're all in that conversation together. So let's all seek value. And the nature of the world is not that value is static. It's that it's ever-changing, and we're all doing that. And so this, the, the two principles, I would say, are continue to seek value and be curious. Mm. And I've, I've hopefully never lost my sense of curiosity. That's what got me into this space. I was like, this is weird. <laughs> and I was just intrigued. And then, you know, that, that kind of leads you down the line. Uh, uh, my patents have all be been because something was broken. Right. And I was like, what do you do with that? So to me, uh, value and curiosity, if you navigate according to those two things, you have something really interesting. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, where can we learn more uh, about your products and, uh, and yourself? Great. So uh, our, our parent company, Valorum, uh, V-A-L-A-U-R-U-M dot com uh talks mainly about the kind of precious metal space and it, it's a sort of techie techie website uh uh so go there that's our main our main page this has been just so fascinating to to learn more about you know what you're doing it's certainly the most probably unique discussion i've had um in relate related to crypto um adam i really appreciate you spending some time with me here today visiting us here in Vancouver, and um, I hope to see you in town again soon. Awesome. Thanks for the conversation. It was a lot of fun. Thank you.